Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Totters and he is Aaron McIntyre. We have a lot going on on the show here today. Um, next hour, we're going to try to get to Pop Culture Tuesday because I've seen the new uh, Wakanda Forever movie. And let me tell you, it is appropriately titled Wakanda Forever. Because that movie goes on and on and on. I mean, I dozed off a couple times. My son dozed off a couple times. I mean, I had to nudge his, I had to elbow him because he kept checking his phone and we were so bored. It was so tedious. I mean, I, I was at, at, I was, I'm, I'm like, can you guys please just start with some BLM propaganda to make this interesting? Okay. So we, we may have time for that later today with Pop Culture Tuesday. I'm not sure because next hour... I'm going to share with you an email for fake news or not that I received from Fred uh, Van Cannon. And uh, Fred, if you guys recall back in May, I went down and did several campaign events in uh, North Carolina uh, before its primary all over the state. Uh, we were in Raleigh, Charlotte, and, uh, and some points in between. Uh, he was running for state legislature in North Carolina, and I talked about how important that state was. Because they were on the brink of having filibuster-proof majorities on the Supreme Court, uh, and they vote for their judges down there, and also in the State House and in the State Senate. And if they got those, then they could just do whatever they wanted and would be able to override anything that the Democratic governor down there uh, would object to. Well, they got their major their their filibuster-proof majorities in the ho- in the in the House, or I'm sorry, in the Senate, and on the court. They did not get them in the House. And the seat that was short, I believe, was Fred's. And what happened, from my understanding, is that Fred went on a radio show with a buddy of mine, uh, who's a Christian talk show host down there, Steve Noble, went on his show. The life issue came up, and he was adamant that he was pro-life, zero exceptions. And the uh, the baby-killing money poured into his district down the stretch and ended up losing narrowly. And that, I think, ended up being the seat that Republicans were short of a filibuster-proof majority everywhere in the state. And he wrote me a note about the lessons he learned. He's a successful entrepreneurial businessman, comes from a, a, a you know dysfunctional, impoverished background, classic American success story. Uh, and so what he learned from his run in the North Carolina state legislature, some lessons that he learned there in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I, and I think they are worthy of, of an extensive hearing and discussion in light of the events of the last week. And of course, North Carolina is a state that's become a little swingy in recent years. And so we're going to get into that for fake news or not. How much we think what Fred is sharing with us is real, insightful wisdom. How much of it might be spin? How much of it might be Pollyanna-ish? How much of it could we actually uh, take heed and deploy if we even tried and wanted to? We're going to get into that next hour. And this this is some really good stuff. Todd and Aaron have not heard and seen any of this yet on purpose because I want them to react to it in real time, just like a lot of you are. So that is a conversation that you don't want to miss next hour. Uh, speaking of candidates, statewide candidates that uh, were successful uh, in our audience, Ryan Walters, the new superintendent of Oklahoma schools. He won his election. He's going to join us here. Uh, he's a big blaze listener. He's going to join us here at the bottom of the hour. The nefarious movie that you guys are going to get to see next year. 
Um, Ryan is the is 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 a secret MVP. He was one of the people that helped us, that most helped us make sure we got that movie shot and filmed in his home state of Oklahoma a year ago over the objections of the union. And I think he is a future star. So we're going to talk to Ryan and also talk about the lessons that he learned in his campaign as well. That's coming up at the bottom of the hour. Before all of that, though, and before we get to Aaron's montage, I, I just want to take a, a moment here and say um, the list of candidates whose defeats I am more disappointed by than Carrie Lakes is a very short one. Yes, you know, we're guys. We noticed she's a pretty woman. There's lots of pretty women. And a lot of that was just show shtick and, you know, uh, having fun and teasing. The reality is what she represented as a candidate, the potential there, was game-changing, in my view, on multiple fronts. For the people of Arizona, for America, I mean, look at the difference one Ron DeSantis has made the last few years. Now imagine that someone who maybe has a little axe to grind with a Ron DeSantis because of her allegiance to Trump, which, by the way, I'm all for that. Would Imagine someone who would be like, I don't know, you know, maybe I can do better than Ron DeSantis. Has competition ever been a bad thing for people ever before? Todd, that ever gone? You're, if it's real competition, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, nothing wrong, especially as Ron gets ready to run for president, right? All these polls showing that he's ahead now. Nothing wrong with maybe a little check on, uh, you know, Ron here on his backside just to make sure I don't know they got a new sheriff there in Arizona and she thinks maybe you know you've lost your fastball a little bit I see no problem with that at all I like when we have tryouts okay um the quality of messaging that she brings to the table I I said a few days ago that I thought the first term of Donald Trump Pre-COVID was the best presidential term, or it, or at least rivaled Reagan's first presidential term for the best in my lifetime. I thought, and I think Ron DeSantis is the most successful Republican politician of my lifetime. And I think Carrie Lake might have been the best candidate of my lifetime. It is beyond soul-crushing she lost. Save me the emails. I'm aware of the fact that somehow Katie Hobbs got over 50% of the vote in Maricopa County, even though only 23% of the ballots cast in that county were from Democrats. I get it. Clearly, some chicanery was going on there. But that doesn't absolve people of accountability either. The reality is, some Jeff Flake and John McCain Republicans chose not to vote for her because they have a high school beef basically with Donald Trump. He said mean things about John McCain once. See, this is where we have to, we have to make up our minds here. Are we playing for anything real or is this just all a game? Is it really just a sporting event where in the end we get all fired up? You're up if your team wins, you're down if they lose, but in the end, you realize a few days later, it's just a game and you just move on to the next one. Because while those of you who fall into that segment, I'm sure you're positively giddy now. Let me tell you who's not. 
the young women who are going to continue to be raped and trafficked at your border, think they give a turd about your petty high school urination contest with Donald Trump? How much do you think? I'm sure. I'm sure as they're being gang raped and sold into human trafficking, and they end up as unnamed girl on Pornhub, I'm sure they will be comforted by the knowledge that you get to run smack on Twitter at Trump and Kerry Lake. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. I'm sure, I'm sure they will think, you know what? I was really feeling violated. It was really grossing me out that I am being peddled as a prostitute against my will. But Liz Cheney got the last laugh. So by all means, run the train. I'm sure your children who will continue dying of fentanyl and opioid overdoses. I am sure. Absolutely positive, in fact. That before they take that last dose that puts them over the edge into the dirt nap and maybe don't even leave you a note So you never truly get to reconcile how this occurred. Know this. Know this. When it is your sons and daughters you're burying. So we can continue on with the opioid fentanyl trading post. We're just importing overdoses and suicides to America. Know this. When it is your son and your daughter who ODs. Be comforted. Be comforted. And more not, more not. You got to troll Donald Trump, man. And that's all that matters. Right? That's all that matters, guys. That's all that matters. We're not voting. There's, there's nothing else that's happening here. That's becoming increasingly clear. We're just whipping it out, dropping trowel. Even the chicks have dicks these days. Pardon my French, right? And we're just doing measuring and taking leaks. That's all we're doing. Running smack. My team's better. There will be no human consequences for these decisions at all. None. 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 Your team won. Congrats. I hope it's not your son that's getting buried after a fentanyl overdose in the future. Because that would really suck. Because it would be your fault! And you'll have to own that. Forever. So, I mean, there's that. And if you think that's too tough, that's not fair, If we're not playing for those stakes, then what the hell are we doing any of this for? What is the point? What's the point of any of these elections then? What what is the point of getting so riled up, so emotional, making post-election Thanksgivings in your family unbearable, staying home for Christmas because you can't look at each other or hear each other talk anymore over this stuff? What are we doing it for then? Because if it's not for real life stakes, 
But for your petty grievance, get thee to a nunnery. What's the point of any of this? You bet your ass. You bet your ass. Scores of young women who might not have otherwise been trafficked and sold into sex slavery now will be because of you. Own that. It's all on you. But it's okay. Totally okay. Because you got the last word on Donald Trump or something. Hope it's not your kid. That the 3 a.m. phone call comes in at night. Is this Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so? I regret to tell you. We found your son. We found your daughter. Hope it's not your kid. Because it would be all your fault. And that would be a crap thing to have to live with. Now here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by The Path Forward. Watching Fox News and voting GOP is the past. What you're about to hear is the future. What you're about to hear is an email Steve received from a listener to this show with the subject line, Let's find out Conway wins school board. Steve, Todd, and Aaron. I've listened to your show on The Blaze for years, and this is the first time I've ever sent you a note. I want to thank you all for the passion you have, as you're making a difference regardless of the chaos of this past week. I believe the pre-election polls need to simply be tabled and move back to the focus on every voter doing what they should do and quit putting any merit to the polls. Maybe I'm wrong, but I believe this Democratic machine is simply better at their message, and the polling was optimistic, although inaccurate, and conservatives simply stayed home. Voting, even if early, is essential, as those failing to vote need to take ownership of the hardship to possibly come. I was born in Melrose, Iowa, my wife was born in Charles City, and my kids were all born in Mason City, Iowa, as we are Hawkeye fans from the Hawkeye State. Sorry, Todd, as winning against Wisconsin is always a highlight. We moved to Indiana five years ago and three years to Martinsville, where we have found a home and a community for our family. Let's find out, hit home to me, to stand up. I was traveling as a vice president of operations in a previous role and just took a role where I could be home daily to spend more time with my 7th grader and 10th grader in July. In August, I was in the conversation with many members in the Martinsville, Indiana area about the local school board. The president of the school board has been in the local community for close to 50 years as a teacher, athletic director, and other various teaching roles. Many parents and community members were frustrated. I asked my wife and some other contacts, why doesn't someone step up and run against him? People were simply not comfortable or felt they could not take on the establishment. I asked, why not me? And why not now, as no one should run unopposed? After 30-plus years of leadership, I felt it was my time to give the people a choice. Even if I lost, I could say I stood up for my children and gave people the choice to at least choose the winner instead of winning by default. I stepped out of my comfort zone and began the process. I secured the signatures to get on the ballot, held a town hall, walked in the parade, went to meetings, talked with people, spent the two early voting Saturdays at the polling station at a 12-hour election day at the administration building talking with the people. My wife also managed a Facebook page for me that 
that helped get my message out. The pulse was positive and the people were wanting change. With no other ties besides my two children in the school district, unlike my opponent, I felt my odds were going to be close but unsure as I've never been on a ballot before. We ran a clean campaign based on issues of the community and as a business leader for decades. I felt, if not now, when? On election day, early voting came out and I was leading. I wasn't sure that would be the case because the name recognition of the president of the board. When I got the call a few hours later, I was shocked. There was amazing grassroots support, and those people spoke up on Tuesday. Conway wins school board. The excitement in my kids' voice and the tightness of their hugs was something I'll never forget. Tonight, I had to get together with those that supported my election. I shared with the group about the let's find out motivation and where it came from. I spoke about you guys. I'm a man of faith, family, freedom, and your show has been a huge part of my focus to be a better husband, father, and community leader. Your show is an inspiring program for all men to stand up and be better men for the future. Thank you again, Dan Conway. Thank you, Dan, and the many others in our audience who have run for elected office over the last couple of years. And that's what happened while we were away. Hmm. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at My Patriot Supply. America's diesel diesel shortage means truckers might not have enough uh, fuel to deliver food to your local grocery stores because why not? Uh, This could cause food shortages like we've never seen before. Winter is coming, so are you prepared? Make sure you get prepared with our friends at My Patriot Supply. Go to preparewithdace.com, save $250 on their three-month emergency food kit. Each kit has breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks, the full complement of the 2,000-plus calories that you need to get by for you and everyone in your household so that you know when Let's Go Brandon happens again, this time you are ready to go. There's no limit. So order one discounted kit for each person in your family so you don't run out. Again, this is the lowest price they've offered since 2019. $250 off plus free shipping. $250 off plus free shipping. Lasts for over 20 years with proper storage when you go to preparewithdace.com. So Aaron and I made the decision when we saw Dan's note today. We made the decision uh, to make that solely the montage for today. And here's why. I told you yesterday, I'm, I'm hesitant to give some kind of, you know, path forward or um, some kind of state of the union. Um, I don't know. A lot, I don't, I don't, I don't know a lot of things yet. I, I, I have answers. I don't know if they're the right ones. Not that that's ever stopped me before. Um, but I, I don't know for certain where we are. I think we are for sure, or at least segments of the country for sure are in full on Romans one mode. And I think that people of faith can be tested in those sorts of times too. Right? I mean, you look at the Gospels, Jesus performs one of his greatest miracles, the feeding of the 5,000. And as, as the people are, are getting nourished on, on the miracle he has just performed, he begins to teach them. The cost of true discipleship, what it means to truly be his follower. And 
they're offended, too disgusted, too dismayed at what he is teaching. And so they begin to walk away. They begin to abandon him. They, they've just, for those of us who say, you know, if I lived in those times and I saw God do this to, with the Israelites, or I saw Jesus do this in the New Testament, I would have listened. No. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. No one can come to me unless the Father who sends them, uh, sent me sends them to me. That's what Jesus said. No, you, we wouldn't. The disciples spent every day for three and a half years with him, still didn't know what he was talking about half the time, and scattered, convinced that, you know, their Messiah was dead. So no, we wouldn't. Funny thing happens, though, when the multitude begins to abandon Christ. He doesn't practice the model that most American churches do today. You ever noticed this before? Like, find me one time in the Gospels, Jesus chases after someone, pursues them when they have begun the process of abandoning him. You won't find a singular example of this. Jesus was not, how we would define it anyway, (laughs) seeker-friendly. Meaning that there's just an infinite amount of opportunities for you to accept what he is offering. And if you don't accept it the first time, he'll water it down again and again and again and again and again until it suits you and you say yes. That's the model of the seeker-friendly American church that is unbiblical, anti-biblical, actually. It's the opposite of what Christ does. Instead, as the multitudes abandon him, he turns to his disciples. And he doesn't even say, see, you're better than them because you're still here while they left. He doesn't even do that. Doesn't rub their bellies at all. You know, that nice hippie Jesus, he never soothes their souls with the gospel of Dr. Feelgood. Instead, he looks at his disciples and says, how about you? You going to check out now too? So absolutely do I think that we are being tested while the the culture around us is under judgment. You bet. I think that's possible. What does that look like? Maybe. And I don't know that this is true. And we'll get into this more in the overtime today. I don't know. Maybe God's a little dismayed that a bunch of his people are sitting around contemplating that their futures might be over because a political party that's going to collude with Democrats to codify gay marriage here in a month and openly declare lawfare upon his church. They think that maybe he's a little dismayed that his people think that that's their path to revival and renaissance and not him. Think that's possible? I'm not saying it is. I'm not a prophet. I don't know. I'm not given those marching orders, but do you think that's, that's at least remotely on the table for consideration here? Do you think? I hope more than remotely. I think it should at least be considered. So I I don't have a lot of grand scheme thoughts right now. I don't. But I do know this. I know this for certain. What Dan Conway modeled in that note that is in Aaron's montage. Every time we have tried this as God's people. Meaning. In every way we can. We're just going to do the best we can to be the best for him whether we're living under Islamic tyranny, whether we're living under Roman persecution, whether we are living underground without cultural, widespread cultural acceptance, 
I know every time we've done that. Now, not not every individual time, right? I mean, there's we're not short of martyrs around here, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why we don't like doing this because we know that our number might come up, right? Okay, we're not short of martyrs around here. So I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not giving you the the Steve Dace version. This isn't a TBN. Name it and claim it. That if you step out on faith and do what is right, God will give you an abundant blessing, pressed down, bundled together, spilling over, and my name ain't Creflo or Paula White. That's not what I'm here to tell you. Your reward might be, you got to count it all joy to suffer for his name, and upon being martyred, here's your crown for all of eternity in heaven. That might be your reward. I, I don't know. Or it could be, like what you saw here with Dan, that it's what we would understand in, our, in this life to be successful. I do know when we collectively and systemically practice the model that we have no king but Jesus. Here I stand, I can do no more. May God have mercy on my soul. I will do what is right and what glorifies God regardless of what you think or what you intend to do about it. I can't think of a single time that systematically that has failed because if it ever had, we wouldn't have a 2,000-year-old church, would we? Right. That's succeeded every time. Now, not individually, right? Lebanon's not a Christian country anymore. The churches of Asia Minor are lost to history. So, not individually, Nero still drove the stakes through a lot of Christians and lit him on fire to light up his orgies. That still happened, right? So not individually. Individually, you're not guaranteed some form of success as you would understand it in this life. But systemically, collectively, when we stand up and say, here I am, Lord. Let me quote another verse from Isaiah since Todd likes to quote that book so much. Here I am, Lord. Send me. That's worked every single time. And that worked for millennia and eons and centuries before anybody ever conceived the wretched, feckless hive known as the Republican Party in the United States of America. That worked for millennia, eons, and centuries, long before anybody ever heard of a U.S. Constitution. Let's do that. Uh, if you ask me to do something that God says not to do, my answer is no. If you ask me to do something that God says I can do, my answer is, and should, my answer is yes. And if you ask me to do something that, you know, really God doesn't have a priority voice about, hey, provided it doesn't violate my own individual conscience, I'm happy to do it for you. That's my grand scheme, thoughts. That's my master post-election plan Don't do the stuff God says not to do, no matter what. Do the stuff God says to do, no matter what. And if they ask you to do something that God doesn't really have a put a priority on, as long as you can do it without violating your own conscience or getting in the way of your own walk with God, feel free to enjoy it. That's the master plan. That's the best I have here the week after the election. It's a good start. I'd say one thing... The length of Dan's letter, uh, laying it all out, is is important because what you'll find there is that along the way, 
as he thought this thing out, what he just decided not to allow himself is any excuses. And moving forward, before you complain about uh, the GOP, before you think about the uh, next federal election or whoever's running in those places, uh, for those uh, in the halls of Congress uh, thousands of miles away, how many excuses are you preparing to get rid of right there in your own backyard? with your family, with your local government, with your local school district, if your game plan there is exactly the same moving forward as it was yesterday, knowing what you saw, you're wasting your time. The thing that stuck out to, stuck out, stuck out to me from this note, VP of operations in middle of America with three kids. If there is a recipe for complacency and comfort, addic addiction to comfort, mm -hmm. it'd probably be that. That sounds like a pretty great job. And you could, in, in, in red state America, with a pretty good job, you can have a pretty nice living. But no, he said, uh, no, something's not right, so uh, we're, we're going to do something about this. This guy's been around here for 50 years. It's way too long. Nobody else is stepping up, so I'm going to do it. There are many of us, many of us, who have, who have far more, far, far more of an addiction to comfort with far fewer excuses for it or reasons for it than what this gentleman had. And yet, dot, dot, dot. That's what it's going to take, guys. Just, just, again, finding out who's going to step to me. I promise you, there will be some, but I promise you, when you ask that question and you follow through, you can follow through. People will respect that. We'll come back. One of the success stories of this election, Ryan Walters in Oklahoma will join us next. Right, back here on the Steve Day Show, uh, gentlemen, if you are a little self-conscious when you look at a photo of yourself, um, maybe you're wearing a lot of ball caps, you're noticing uh, that receding hairline, that growing bald spot, flip the odds in your favor with our friends over at Keeps. They have clinically proven, FDA-approved hair loss treatments available to you online, whether you're looking to prevent hair loss, stimulate hair growth, or just take better care of the hair you already have. Uh, your Keeps medical provider will help you find the right products and develop a personalized hair-saving routine that works for you. It's easy, doesn't have any waiting rooms, pharmacy visits. Keeps is delivered straight to your door at about half the cost of a traditional pharmacy. That's right. Half the cost. And if you've got questions, you can message your Keeps provider 24-7. So if you're ready to take action, join the thousands of guys who have saved their hair with Keeps. Visit Keeps, K-E-E-P-S, for those of you like me that went to public school. Visit Keeps.com slash grow for 50% off your first order. That's Keeps.com slash grow. Again, that's Keeps.com slash grow. Well, he was definitely one of the bright spots on election night. And 
Uh, he'll be one of the reasons, one of the uh, underrated reasons that you're going to get to see a movie next year called Nefarious. Uh, he is the new superintendent of Oklahoma schools. Friend of the show, Ryan Walters, it is good to see you again, my friend. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me and cannot wait for the movie to come out. Well, uh, maybe you've earned yourself a free ticket uh, with uh, <laughs> what you did for us about this time last year when the union thugs tried to shut down our movie. So we appreciate uh, I can't. We all can't thank you enough. Uh, we're going to get to screen it uh, for our investors, the completed film for the first time this weekend. We're all very excited about that. And you are a reason why we're getting to do that, brother. So from the bottom of my heart. Uh, thank you very much. And I think when you get to see the film, you will be pleased by uh, the product that uh, you interceded on behalf of. So thank you. Uh, I can't wait and can't uh, thank you enough for all the help you've given me and responding to the late night calls and texts that I've given you throughout the last uh, couple of years here. So appreciate it, Steve. You bet. We'll call it even. But like I told you yesterday, don't disappoint us. Don't suck. That's right. All right that's don't right. suck. All right. That's, that's my inspirational <laughs> message. Congrats. Don't suck. All right. So I got uh, a text this morning from one of your constituents before we get into your campaign. All right. That uh, your former boss now, because I didn't realize in your state, secretary of education was like a cabinet post like it is in the federal government. Right. So I figured you had won your election to get there. No, you were appointed by Governor Stitt. All right. Here's a headline, local news headline. Uh, Governor Stitt comes under fire for claiming, quote, every square inch of Oklahoma for Jesus, unquote. All right. And that uh, there's apparently some uh, controversy. Again, it's Oklahoma. I have no idea who's complaining about this, but apparently there are some complaints. But I do want to say, because I know this is your former boss, you worked for him for a few years. If you would like to call and offer support to Governor Stitt, that you agree with his theology. If anything, he didn't go far enough. Every square inch of planet Earth is all for Jesus. He is the ruler of God's creation. If you want to call his office and offer him encouragement, because right now I'm guessing every cat lady in Oklahoma is calling him right now, all right? (laughs) The number of his office, I am told, and maybe you can verify this for us, is 405-521-2342 and use option zero. Does that sound right to you? from when you were in the administration? All right. 405-521-2342. That's 405-521-2342. And you can tell Governor Stitt, thank you for saying a theologically correct statement. So with that said, let us get to your race now. And it was interesting, the conversations that uh, you and I had about your race, because you kind of did your own thing, right, in this race? We did. You know, I mean, we kind of came out from the very beginning. I told my team, you know, we're not going to run a safe race. Uh, We're not going to run a race that assumes a silent majority will be there. We're just not going to do that. We're going to go out and we're going to aggressively pursue voters. Uh, The thing that I kept mentioning is is almost evangelical mode. We're going to go out to win voters over. We're not going to assume an environment in which we live, even in a red state like Oklahoma, because liberals have controlled academia, they control the media, and they control so much of our culture that, that they're just going to, you know, they're going to come vote Republican. We rejected that notion from the beginning. We said we are going to get in front of voters. We're going to run a very, um, you know, kind of a guerrilla style media campaign. We're not going to go through the traditional press. We're going to put videos out. And half the time it's me in my car driving around the state. But we're going to talk directly to voters and we're going to ensure that they understand the choices in front of them and the radical nature 
of the far left and, and just show them the choice before them and not assume that there is just this voting block that's going to come home and vote Republican. What what I found fascinating about your race is this dynamic with school choice. And we have the same issue in Iowa where you would think, given how red the state is, that this would be an easy sell. But the demographics of your state and mine are very similar. There are a lot of rural communities and the the local school there is kind of the last connection to community they feel it's also frankly um you know it's a big deal socioeconomically high school sports and things of that nature and so the fear is that if kids can go anywhere they want they won't want to go to those schools anymore they'll go to other places that maybe have more technology or more opportunity and these small communities get left behind right those are those are arguments that i've heard from rural legislators in my state i know you heard them from them from those in your state and so one of the things that you came to me about was how to navigate around that and and i i think in general this generation of men in particular we are too cognizant of our weaknesses and as opposed to accentuating our strengths right and so that was kind of my counsel to you which was i don't think now's the time to navigate or prosecute that dilemma that's what a legislative session is for i i would just make the entire thing a referendum on groomers because that's something they're all going, we're all going to agree on that, all right? We may not all agree on what is the best way to drain the technocratic, educratic swamp, all right? But we're all going to agree we don't want these creeps and pervs anywhere near our kids. And so I would just make that my singular issue so I don't have to debate what may be perceived in some parts of the state, a weakness for people who should be voting for me, but put forth a strength instead. Right. And, you know, and uh, we we did. We decided, listen, here's the reality. And I mean, again, I got kicked off Facebook for doing this and highlighting, (laughs) hey, this is the pornography in our school that the superintendent is saying she won't pull off the shelves. And they pull me off Facebook for, hey, heaven forbid, I actually show the images. You know, and this is this is part of it is we said, listen, we are going to bring this directly to voters because, I mean, again, you cannot rely on the media. You cannot you cannot assume that they know all of the filth, all of the nonsense, all of the radicalism being pushed in our schools. So we made it very upfront of we are going to speak with clarity. We're going to be very direct with voters. This is what their view of our school system is. This is what our view of the country is. This is what this is what they are doing to your kids. My belief, and again, you know, it's funny you started off with the statement, you know, the governor did, did a great job of coming out and, and speaking with clarity there. You know, I make a statement that I want to get back to an understanding of the Constitution. I want to bring in, uh, you know, entities like Hillsdale College and some other ones to make sure that our history curriculum and our professional development, uh, our teachers know our history. Oh, my goodness. The media loses their mind over that. Heaven forbid. We know the Constitution. And I just use it as another moment of clarity. You know, hey, guys, I believe that our kids should understand the Constitution. I believe that we have to understand where our rights come from, our Judeo-Christian values that were embedded into these documents. The left thinks that's radical. They think that pornography, transgenderism, um, critical race theory should be injected into your school. This, this is again. This is the the this is the decision before you. These are the two paths. And again, I you know I you know use Todd's phrase there of sanity's on the ballot. I mean, again, mm-hmm. you cannot look at that those two paths in front of you. And again, you're going to have to face yourself in the mirror and say, I went with pornography to my little kid. I went to with all these issues. And again, to me, it was a value statement we were making to voters. Which side of this are you on? I'm going to tell you, and every time we did this, Steve, 
you know, the consultants would blow me up. The consultant class, the establishment, they'd cringe when I would lay it out there and talk about the books, talk about the activities going on in school. Don't do that. You know, just just step back on your heels and just, just you know, voters will come home. And we just rejected that every step of the way and said, we're absolutely not running that style of campaign. I don't believe in it. And it's not what I'm hearing. What I'm hearing from voters is what we have is a attack on the Constitution. We have, a, we have a, an attempt to rewrite history, and it's an assault on Christianity. And that resonates with voters. They understand that that's what's going on, but you've got to get out there and speak directly to them. Again, get around the media. The media, you know, it was hilarious. We had a debate, and they fact-checked me on this, this uh, data point that I was using about how much administrators were spending in administrator cost. So they go to the administrators— and they, they fact check and say, actually, that's wrong. I'm like, I mean, that's kind of like going, going to a bank robber and ask them if they robbed the bank. And they go, no, we didn't do it. Okay, well, there you go. And so I just put out <laughs> a video. It's settled then. Thank you. Yes. So I just put out a video. I mean, is that kind of like a secretary of state monitoring the own, her own gubernatorial election that took an entire damn week to count? And then she just happened to, at the end, find the votes to, to win. Is that a little bit like that, maybe? I mean, not saying that's happened, but just in case that something like that occurred. That seems to be a similar situation to what you're describing, Ryan. Yeah, let's just say a scenario like that happens, right? But again, we, we just get all on the media out and pushing right back on them. We would put out these very, you know, impromptu videos where I would just talk directly to camera and push them out on our social media, continue to grow a following, continue to email these out. And again, we got a great response from voters that were going, thank you for being clear. Thank you for being direct. Thank you for saying the things that we've been waiting for someone to say. And it really resonated with voters. Hmm. Next hour, we're going to talk to another listener in this audience who ran for office in his state and did not win. And he's going to share with us some of the lessons that that he learned from this process. How much of this, the lessons you learned winning, Ryan, other people in our audience right now wondering, can I do this? Can I step out and actually, you know, get elected for anything? How much of this gig really is before we get into the nuts and bolts of running a campaign and being a candidate? Can you just tolerate being this disliked by a certain group of people you'll never know, never meet, never spend any meaningful time with? How much of that is just the initial threshold a lot of people have to get over? Oh, I completely agree with that. I mean, that's going to be your initial, you know, when you step out there and say the things that, frankly, most Americans, I still believe when you get the message to them that they have this common sense, they have the sanity, they have these traditional values. But again, because we've sat back on our heels, we've allowed the media to dictate a narrative. I can't tell you how many times we put things out and go, oh my, you know, that's not what we heard. We watched the, we saw three media stories on it and they never even mentioned that. And I go, well, that's about right. I mean, that's what the fake news is going to do. But you have to be able to stick to your principles. You have to be able to stick to your values. And again, to me, we've got to continue to find ways to go around the traditional media, run these kind of of unconventional campaigns that are able to get directly to voters and able to, frankly, you know, that was the other thing people kept telling me, why do you keep weighing in on these controversial topics? And I'm going, guys, that is what voters care about. That's what they're paying attention to. It provides moments of clarity mm-hmm. so they can see the difference. And again, in these red states, all my opponents ran as moderates. 
because they know they're not going to walk in here and own all of their far left positions. Well, we made sure everybody knew their far left positions. We made sure that every step of the way, whether it was a debate, whether it was a town hall, whether it was my messaging, they were voters were going to see very distinct pathways. And we were very clear on what we were going to do once elected. We're going to have unprecedented transparency. We're going to do more to empower parents than has ever been seen in, in our education system. We are going to continue to fight the Biden administration. Uh, aggressively. And we laid this out. We talked about, and I know Todd and I talked about this last time, of pulling teacher certificates that are left-wing activists. I made very clear, here is my path forward. When these teachers do this, name them by name. These specific teachers are not going to have a certificate once I'm elected. They have shown their left-wing activists, libs of TikTok and Project Veritas exposed them. They've broken our law. They're not going to teach in the state anymore. It was clarity for voters to see, this is a guy who's not only talking, he's given a path forward. We know what he's going to bring. I talked about the transparency measures. I talked about empowering parents with options and deciding their schools and pathways. And I believe that, again, you get over that initial threshold, like you mentioned, and then you give voters clarity in the electoral process. And, and we found that to be successful. Very well said, brother. Congratulations again. And congratulations to the people of Oklahoma, because they are going to be blessed to have you. And I think you are absolutely a future star. And we look forward uh, to seeing uh, what you uh, what you do with this authority and uh, and having fun watching them react to it at the exact same time, Ryan. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much for having me on, Steve. Appreciate you and the work that you guys are doing for the country. You bet. God bless you, man. Take care. Thoughts on that conversation? Uh, the thought of a him first order of business handing out pink slips, man. I'm swooning, man. I mean. That's the, that's not just one way to play the game. That is the only way Bingo. to play this game. The only way. Right up. Now, after that, still going to be hard. Still going to be challenges. Still got to convince people, all of that. But it's going to be a lot different convincing people when right out of the gate, you pull a I'm a Huckleberry. And that's what he's doing. I just... Ryan, God bless you and all you do. Fantastic. But understanding what time it is and not shying away from that, not just using it as a talking point. You won now and you're coming out of the gate and reminding people, yeah, I said it. Now I'm going to do it, man. Roll tape. Please make sure you send it to us. Uh, I, the list of the pink slips, all of it. I, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Bingo. Yeah. This is, this is, the, this is the number one. The number one question anybody with power needs to be asked if they are running for election. I don't care if it's Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump. What are you going to do to actually affirmatively clean and gut out some of these uh, some of these government institutions that are needlessly uh, or needless in general or needlessly making life tougher on uh, the American people? And uh, that if that happens in Oklahoma. Yes, that's that's what has to happen. Punish your enemies, reward your allies. There is nothing wrong with that. Not in this day and age. In a day and age where the social compact was still intact, you would want to find a different way to, to, to say, hey, you know what, um, let's find a third way here. But the social compact has been broken. So all that it, all that there is now is power and those willing to wield it in a way, of course, that does not... That does not, you know, violate the, the the word of God. That's what we need right now. 
And if you want to do this where you live, it may not be as red as Oklahoma. You might have to run a more subversive style of campaign. That's that's not the issue. The, the first threshold, if, if you want to be the gentleman whose letter um, is a Dave Conway that we featured in the montage, you want to be Ryan Walters, you want, you want to be the next one of those individuals. Regardless of where you live, what style of campaign you're going to run, what issues you're going to be able to emphasize, you first have to conquer... You've got to smash the shibboleth in your heart that it will bother you to be hated by a bunch of people you'll never meet, never really know, barely meet, barely know, won't spend any meaningful time with, you know what I'm saying? And I just think in, in this era, a lot of us didn't have a dad that really challenged us, got in our face, coaches don't. You know, a lot of us never been in a fight. I think a lot of us just don't know what it means to take even a proverbial punch, let alone a literal one. That's the first, no matter where you're at, that's the first hurdle you have to get over if you're going to do this. Back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace alongside Totters and Aaron McIntyre. All of you will be joined by my oldest daughter, Anastasia, here in a few minutes. And then we'll get to fake news or not. First, don't forget to you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. D-E-A-C-E, like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find me over on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace there. And then you can find clips of the show free of any censorship and also free to watch when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show as well. Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Those of you that listen to the podcast, thank you so much. Please, if you've yet to do this, leave us a five-star review, hit subscribe or follow, and thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. You're a big reason why I signed a three-year contract extension last week, so can't thank you enough for that. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com in these unprecedented times. Bing. Make sure you dare not go into the Let's Go Brandon real estate market without an agent you can trust. And chances are they're sitting right here in this audience with you today. And they're just a click away when you go to realestateagentsitrust.com. We work with only the best agents in every market. That's why we've got a waiting list, thousands of agents long, people waiting to get included in our database, but we verify them first. We want to we wanna make sure we can validate full-time career track records of success. We don't just recommend anybody. So the process is simple. Our team makes the introduction uh, and then follows you through the buying or selling process or buying and selling process, if that's the case, to make sure that you're satisfied. To get started, just go to realestateagentsitrust.com, provide us with some basic info, then our team will contact you to make an introduction to one of our preferred agents when you go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Fake news are not coming your way in a matter of moments, but we welcome in again this week. My oldest daughter, Anastasia. Good to see you, sweetie. How are you? Good. I'm good, Dad. How are you? I'm doing okay. So what are we doing this week? Today we are playing Would You Rather. My understanding is that this was suggested by someone 
in particular, specifically? Well, a few people suggested it, but our main submission was from somebody that you guys probably know very well, your own Gaston Mooney. Yes. The president of Blaze. Yes. So you figured you should probably take his request, is what, yeah. what I hear you saying. Yeah. Because you were raised right. So you right? understand the hierarchy of authority. Yes. Right. Correct. All right. So we're going to play Would You Rather. Yes. All right. Yeah. Any, any subject matter? Nothing. You selected what we're going to play Would You Rather with? Yeah. I just, I mean, I put it on Instagram, put the poll up there. People gave me submissions. So. Oh, okay. You went um, with listener submissions. Yeah. All right. Would so you you're rather? in McIntyre School of uh, Production. Yeah. Exactly. Just completely outsource your assignment yeah. to yes. the people. Yeah. And let them carry you while you get acknowledgement for their work. Yeah, I mean, it's on Instagram. That's what I get paid the big bucks to do. Exactly. Is run that Instagram. So there I'm running go. it. All right. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was running. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Okay. So first one is from Jay Ashley. She says, would you rather give an endorsement for Lindsey Graham or speak at the DNC convention? <laughs> oh, good grief. That's easy. We're Speak starting at the on, DNC. Yes, yes. I just love that we started with that, though. But yes. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? So it's, it's George Costanza's dad, airing of grievances. I yes. mean, I have some thoughts about you people. I have thoughts. Yes. I mean, I... A, be, a better one would have been sit through a Democrat. Oh, that, that... Yeah, that, that, that would have been good, too. But uh, without question, I would rather go speak to the DNC. Are you kidding me? That's... That is beyond Paul at Mars Hill, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, absolutely. I, I wouldn't. And, and then I would, you can rapture me after that. Yes. Same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Same oh, thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So XXY man says, would you rather see Biden Harris 2024 or Biden Fetterman 2024? <laughs> Biden so, Fetterman. So it's a no brainer. Is that the campaign slogan? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just make that up? Or no, you somebody up? sent that to me. No, somebody sent that to me. Biden <laughs> Fetterman, it's a no-brainer. Oh, it's so, so By stupid. the way, speaking of Fetterman, somebody sent me a note. I laughed out loud. Someone sent me a note yesterday. said, it's way too early to be wearing hoodies again after that election days because of the Fetterman thing. I thought that was very funny. Um, My husband, Stephen, and I have started greeting each other by being like, hello, good night. <laughs> Because we watched that the other day. Yeah. Um, I think I would rather go with Biden Fetterman, not just f because the entertainment value in both would be high. But we have got to break the bondage black America has to the Democratic Party. And that is something that's going to come up here when we get to Fred's recollections of being a candidate in Raleigh, North Carolina. We have got to break those bonds. And... If, if we can't break the bonds by they dissed a black woman as VP to put a white male who is a, a vaccine, a VAERS incident as the running mate, if that wouldn't do it, then maybe it we just know yeah. once and for all it just simply cannot be done. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So I think that's why I'd go with that one. I'm okay. with him. All right. Okay. Next is from Ann Elmer. Would you rather have Anthony Fauci or Jill Biden as your doctor? Oh, my word. Um, oh my. <laughs> Biden, Biden, I think you can get it out of there pretty quick. Just a, a quick sniff and you're done. You know, there's, I, I'd rather have Anthony Fauci. I don't, I don't believe in hitting women. Okay. 
Fair enough. Next question from Jason Brand. So he he asked multiple would you rather. So I'm going to choose the one that I like the most. So would you rather lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak? Lose the ability to speak. I think I'd rather lose the ability to read. Insert John Fetterman joke here. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a great place for career advancement. What if you've lost your ability to do both? You can get elected to the United States Senate, right? Um, I think I'd rather lose the ability to read. I mean, I not being able to speak, I think, would drive me mad. It would drive me insane, I think. The problem is, broadly speaking, one of the biggest problems our culture has is we have people who talk too much and don't read enough. Mm. So... I'm going with reading. Okay. That's true, but you work on a Yeah, but we're talk, not talking talk about show. This is this is meta. This is I meta. Hear I hear it. And and meta it would drive me insane, mad to not be able to speak. It would drive me mad. Yeah. No, and not as much. You go down to the man cave and you just sit and you don't talk. True. It, let me let me rephrase that. It would drive me mad not being able to speak when I wanted to. That would drive me insane. Okay. Next question. Shaney Rebecca said, would you rather see Kanye versus Ben Shapiro in the Octagon, a UFC match, or primetime Alex Stein versus AOC? Oh, Stein, AOC. I think, I, I would, I think I'd rather go Stein, AOC. She's trying to hit him while he's trying to hit on her. I think that would be a fascinating... Uh, a fascinating uh, matchup there in the octagon. Yes. Okay. Two more questions from Kim Jacobs. Would you rather get this one makes me laugh. Would you rather get the jab or go out on a date like dinner and a good night get to the bottom of it with Lindsey Graham? Oh. My God. <laughs> oh. I, um, so nope. Do I want to risk being a Vera's report or? Um, being subjected to or exposed report. to monkeypox. Is that what you're asking me, basically? Yeah. Blame Kim. Um, oh, man, that just, I'm jumping off this ride. I mean, I just <laughs> don't even know how to answer that. Um, don't answer it. Don't you dare. <laughs> don't pick one of those. No, see, this is what Gas- Gaston... Gaston, this is, is, what Gaston you is fired. Gaston is fired for this. Um, it's the we got to play the game. I guess I would. Don't. You don't have to. Kobayashi. Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> nope. Don't do it. I think I take my chances with the jab. I think. I think there's a chance that the spike protein would leave my system sooner than. Than Lindsey Graham would. Because the thing is, like with the Lindsey, you have that, you have the thoughts, you have the trauma, the Correct. memories. Yes. Yeah. We, You're living that in your head over and great, over every day. See, that's actually an excellent point. Yes. Still have the cowardice of taking the jab. So yeah, you can just, rip up that COVID jab card. You know, you can't rip up your memories yeah. after I get to the bottom of it night with Lindsey Graham. Yeah. Yeah. That, not to mention, I'm also violating the dude code at the exact same time. Right. Yeah, yeah, in ways we don't need to discuss. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, I, I think <laughs> you, I'd take my shot with the jab. You violated it by answering this question. <laughs> is it a violation to ask that question, yes. actually? All right, last one. Okay, this is from Gaston, Gaston Mooney. All right. He said, would you rather change Joe Biden's diaper <laughs> or go without food for two weeks? 
And I said, Can I we start winning some elections, please? For goodness <laughs> sakes, man. For the love of all that is holy. This is what I've got enough of this with the Lions. Would you rather go two and 15 and get the number two pick or one in 16 and get the number one pick? I mean, I, these are the sorts of questions that you get at, that you ask yourself when your team sucks. All right. You know, he watched yesterday's show. He felt we a little, were a little too somber and morose. And he says, I'm going to just like throw a live ferret into this thing see, and see I what messa- happens. I messaged him back and said, that's going to make it on the show. And he said, LOL, period. When is the segment? That's what he said. <laughs> so he's watching right now. <laughs> I think I take my chances. So it's it's change Joe Biden's diaper or starve, basically? For two, only two weeks. Oh, only two weeks. <laughs> only two weeks. I'm taking the starving. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. I'm going to change his diaper because I've changed enough. I've changed a lot of diapers. So I've done that before. Baby's diapers. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, if that ends up being an out of context drop, you are really fired this time. You just, <laughs> all right? Todd, what about you? Some, sometimes the coattails are too much to bear. <laughs> <laughs> Starving. It's too much to bear. I'm just, there's no way. You guys would be like day four or five. You're like, all right, man, give me some diapers. I'm changing all the diapers. Don't make us no, justify no, your no, choice. No. No. Because no. that has to be, that what would time, become your job on. title. What, what time of year is it? Like this time of year, there's no way I can starve. Too much good food. I'm changing his diaper. January, February, I might take my chances for a couple of weeks. Okay, but also to that point, think about what time. I mean, it's Thanksgiving. So he's probably eating a lot. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> he's thinking the same thing. I did this to her, America. I'm sorry. I did this to her. All right. Thank you, Anna. Yeah. You guys are still starving? You're taking starvation? I'm steak. Um, yeah. Have you seen how much weight I put on, you know, in the last couple of years? Oh, so you would just call it a diet? Yeah. A, a, and you really, I mean, you can, I, okay, this is food, not water, right? Right. So we can still drink water, uh, which is more necessary than food. So I'm, I'm taking it starving. If you're a dog owner, you know that taking care of your pet means more than just giving it food and water because that dog's a big part of your family. So its health and happiness is important to you as well. That's why you need to know that chances are the food that you are buying your pet at the store that it loves has been stripped of a lot of the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, probiotics, prebiotics, etc. that your pet needs. Same thing they do to the people's food. That's why we have to take so many supplements these days to put that stuff back into our bodies. Now there is a supplement for your pet. It's called Rough Grains. It's spelled R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com, 833-ROUGH-DOG is who you want to call. And if you do, and you want to give it a shot, we're going to give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. The bag is on the house. You'll pay for the shipping so that you're invested here and we'll actually use the product, but we'll pick up the bigger expense with the product itself because we think it's really good and it'll be good for your pet. We want you to use it, all right? So try it. See if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less when you go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F, or call them at 833-ROUGH-DOG. All right, fake news or not, back in May, I I did a tour throughout Oklahoma, Oklahoma, sorry, had Ryan Walter still in the brain. Uh, I did a tour throughout North Carolina one weekend. I did several campaign events around the state leading up to its primary. And and this was at at the request of Fred Von Cannon, 
uh, who's a successful businessman down there. One of his businesses is a barbecue joint. They have, I mean, we ate there the night of the, the first night. Incredible food, by the way. And he was running for state legislature in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I got turned on to Fred by a buddy of mine, Steve Noble, who runs a and, and hosts a, a Christian talk show down there and asked me to come down and pointed out to me, hey, I'm even less team GOP than you are. OK, but we have a unique circumstance here in North Carolina that, that we are. I think he said they were two Senate seats away from a supermajority, four House seats away from a supermajority, and two judgeships away from a supermajority. They vote for their judges down there. And that if Republicans could sweep those, then you would do the worst thing you could ever do to the GOP establishment. Give them total power and no excuses. Nobody triangulate off of. So they would have to do the stuff that they actually run on. Otherwise, they would risk exposing themselves. And wouldn't that be fun, right? So I said, all right, I'm down. Let's go. Met a lot of good people, went throughout the state, followed the results there in North Carolina to see then what would happen. They did get the votes they needed in the state Senate. They did get the votes they needed in the courts. So they have super majorities there. And that's important because they have a Democratic governor. They're one, I think, one seat short of the super majority they needed in the House. And it turns out the seat that they might have that might have been the difference was Fred's. So um, this was a swing district that leaned R in Raleigh, North Carolina. North Carolina is a heavily suburban state, of course. And apparently what uh, what Noble told me is that he did an interview with Fred where the life issue came up post Dobbs and Fred was adamant because remember that would that was in June. So a month after the primary, Fred was adamant that he was as a Christian pro-life without exception. And so when when the baby killers were trying to figure out where can we try to beat somebody to stop Republicans from getting this supermajority trifecta, Fred was their target. And so he lost a close race on election night. That ended up being the difference, it looks like, in the, the supermajority in the House. And unsolicited, he sent me kind of a list of the things he learned this year running for this office. And I want to, and I asked him if I could share them with you, and he said, by all means. So I thought for fake news or not, we should discuss these. And do we think that these are unique circumstances to his race are so maybe they don't apply you know for anybody that would want to run right Uh, or do we think there is meta wisdom here regardless of circumstance or 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 office that you would seek fair yeah so i want to begin let's just start with trump because he does okay Trump is hated here more than I ever realized. I talked to 20,000 early voters, and when I would ask, would you like a Republican voter guide? I knew I would get ugliness from Democrats, but I can't tell you how many people said something to the effect of not anymore or not since Trump or the like. There's pockets of the country where he is obviously loved, but he is largely loathed in the suburbs by both parties. Would hope those voters would come back to a DeSantis ticket in 28, but honestly not sure. He's still assuming that Trump would be the nominee in 24. There's a lot of people who would pay $10 a gallon for gas and have abortions for all 40 weeks to spite Republicans for voting for Trump. Trump is the biggest issue that I got asked about in this campaign more than all other issues combined. And it was quite eye opening for me because this can't just be happening here. Right. Let's take these one at a time. So I'm going to share them. You guys give me your thoughts. Go. 
Well, that is not fake news. I, I believe that's a legitimate thing. I don't necessarily think it means what you think it means. I think that in many cases says as much about the person saying is as it says about Donald Trump. I don't, is it time to move on? I told you months ago I would choose DeSantis over Donald Trump. I, I, absolutely. But Donald Trump is is not uniquely evil. And people's persistence in thinking that, it makes a lot of people, this is, people just want to go back to normal. And again, normal is what got us here. And normal wasn't very good, but they like the facade, they could paper over things, and they like to feel like I really don't have to act. And that's one thing that, it's on them. If Trump made them uncomfortable with the fact that they just wouldn't say and do the things that needed to be done, that's a them problem. So Trump has got all kinds of problems himself, but I think uh, this says a lot about the electorate on the right as well and how they just want to go back to a crappy system that, quite frankly, I want no part of. Yeah, I think for better or worse, better in places like Ohio, worse in basically, well, um, that's one place and maybe Arizona is another. Donald Trump, regardless of whether or not he's on the ballot, it seems to seems to still be on the ballot. And that's just um, that's life right now. And, And here's here's something that needs to be repeated. I think we're forgetting this in the era that we're, at least in the moment that we're in politically. As soon, if if he does bow out somehow, some way, as soon as he does that, Ron DeSantis is the new Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Just want to put that in the back of everybody's mind. Oh, no question. Just remember that. Yeah, no question. There was Bush derangement syndrome, Palin derangement syndrome. The question is, are you disciplined enough to not add to their narrative? But that, but you, you'll never be rid of that narrative. There is no, there is no person. I mean, I mean, nominate, nominate Lynn Cheney, and tomorrow MSNBC is like, you know, we kind of figured that, you know, we suspect yeah. that she was a racist the whole time yes. she was here, but we weren't sure. I mean, yes, you're right about that. Yeah. The question is though, are you able? Do you recognize that? And do you do you make that worse, or are you able to rise above it? So that people hold accountable the people doing that to you more than they lump you in with them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number two, no clear message. And I'm going to put two and three together because they're, they are together. How many are there total? Just so we can parse Um, our responses accordingly. Cause I I like this and I'd like to get through them. There are, I think seven total. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to put two and three together. No clear message nationally, nothing that clearly stated what we were for. There was no like, contract with America, for example. Can't adequately express how frustrating this is. We have our local issues to run on, but this was one election of all elections that we probably should have nationalized. And yet we had incompetence to the nth degree by the RNC. Um, and part of the reason why is because, and this gets to his next issue, we have no clear leader. Who's the leader? Trump, the most polarizing figure of my lifetime, DeSantis, he's doing what he should be doing, but he's leading in Florida like a boss. And guess what? Since Florida has an actual leader, they overperformed every other state underperformed. But we let, we were left with no clear national message, no coattails. There was nothing and no one to galvanize our voters across the board. The left galvanized around Trump hatred and abortion, and thus they overperformed. Aaron, you're first this time. Yikes. And also, I think that's not fake news either. Um, and, and it just, guys, 
I keep coming back to this as well, and, and I'll, I'll make this brief. I think that analysis is spot on. And my natural reaction, and maybe this says more about me than anything, is to become demoralized for one way or, or another, that we're literally up against just maybe demonically possessed people, that, that, that the number one issue that causes you to go out is, as you put it, Steve, getting to systemically um, murder kids in exchange for continued systemic collapse of society. Mm-hmm. I think that's on purpose, whether it's from the fortification of elections or really coming to terms with who we're up against. We are at the demoralization, or at least they're trying to be trying to get to the demoralization phase of this uh, of the steel cage match, this worldview steel cage match. But I think that analysis is not fake news. I think that's partially fake news. I think there's the money at the national level and McConnell and where he put it, where he didn't. That that was a problem. But I don't want him nationalizing a message, anyways. Every the, his national messages suck. Again, they're the normal that got us here. I don't the it in good or in bad. We got to change that anyways. We can't want that. The message starts here in my backyard. And when we send you to the federal level, we're never going to let you to forget that. And if you do for one second, we're going to throw you out of there. So I I don't I don't think it's because we they just sat there and stayed quiet a lot. But really, don't don't beg for Mitch McConnell to be your leader on a national message. Can both of what you guys are saying be true in that in, in, in a functional, competent, non-cannibalized party, Aaron would be accurate, as would Fred. Unfortunately, you're not in that, and so you're left with the kinds of leaders that, I mean, yes, this isn't Newt Gingrich 1994. This guy's got an 8% approval rating, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... The only reason we're not polarized about McConnell is everybody hates him. There are at least people who love Trump, okay? So you're right too. We couldn't do that if we wanted to because who is the who are yeah. the leaders that that would actually yeah. add help us add to our ranks as opposed to risk us losing? And how do you do a national message on the right anymore anyways when all of the, like the the handful of former leading lights of the conservative movement now work for the dispatch and they forget about what they think about Trump they don't even like DeSantis Right right All right number 4 election integrity speaking of Florida we have to scale how they do elections from being the butt of jokes in 2000 and now being the standard for elections that both parties actually trust watching these states continue to count ballots only to inevitably anoint the Democrat is more than frustrating it is literally not sustainable Todd Yeah I I the whole we got to learn to play the ballot counting thing mail it better like I just you're just you're you're sitting at the deer hunter table with a red bandana on. It is not sustainable. You will end up with a bullet in your head sooner. Or later. I, I don't. And it's coming from all over the place, as you said yesterday. And it's only growing. Mm-hmm. I find it utterly bizarre. We know they're cheating, out in the open. They're like daring us to do something about it. And you're like, ah, I'm not stepping to that. I don't. I don't know what to do with that. Aaron. Yeah. I uh, I don't I don't know what this is because we've got 50 it seems like 50 different processes and there's no rhyme or reason as we talked about this. You know, if if the Florida way of doing things actually works, sure. Let's let's na- not nationalize that, but let's let's get that uh something similar 
into all 50 states. But is that actually going to happen? I'm I, I'm not sure. I think at this point we've got we've got even bigger issues than than um, than than ballot harvesting. I'd be a hypocrite if I said federalize it because I just got done saying don't look to the nation for your message. But like locally, again, it's like when there's drag queens in your library, where the hell are the sheriffs? Mm-hmm. Like where you. Where are the, the people, the organizations, the, the chambers of co- whatever they are, stepping forward like, uh, this is not right. This is absolutely not right. You're just going to take this, Arizona? They cheated. They absolutely cheated. You're just moving on because you got a ball game to go to? It's pathetic. Next, he talked about negative ads and money. He says our left-wing governor, Roy Cooper, made a last-minute call to his buddy Michael Bloomberg to ask for help so he wouldn't lose his veto. Bloomberg obliged with $1 million, and then another for $420,000, all of which went against me on negative lies and slander ads for the last two weeks of this campaign. That is a crap ton of money in a state legislative race, by the way, folks, even in North Carolina. And it worked. The three candidates that the Bloomberg money went against all lost, and thus we ended up one seat short of our super majority in the house and i think his implication is here by bringing this up there was no one for him and the other two legislators that the pro-life legislators they went after there was no one for them to call to answer that right like the head of michigan right to life calling me out of nowhere in july to say hey this prop three is on the ballot and there's no budget or money coming in here to oppose this stuff like that okay that i think he's probably making that connection that they just have sugar daddies they can call and we don't Aaron, your thoughts on that? That's, I mean, that's been the way it's been my entire my entire life. The left has always had endless coffers of money, which is why those stories during random summers, oh, DNC is low on cash, uh, RNC is uh, hitting fundraising, that doesn't mean a damn thing. Because the entire media apparatus now, and, and now corporate America, is on their so- side. They, uh, they can call up whoever they want to at any given time. The question has always been about uh, turnout and voter uh, uh, enthusiasm for Republicans because they can spend all the money that they want to. It ain't changing the fact that 400, you know, uh, inflation is up uh, almost 500 percent. You know, you get you get my meaning. So that's always been the the case. And I'm not saying that that's not important either. Um but that that's always been the case, so I'm not sure why this is unique in, in this instance, other than the amount that was actually spent. And Todd, that's why the Kochs got so much prominence on the right and were able to move us left on so many issues, because they were one of the rare sugar daddies that people could call on the right and get money from. And the cost was, you've, you've got to be for letting criminals out of prison. Right. you got to drop social issues, right? Well, it's it's partially fake news. This, this will always work on non-citizens. If you're a citizen, this one will work. Because I know what you believe, and if you're yelling it shouter with more money, that doesn't mean I'm going to vote for you. I'm going to I'm going to vote for you even less. All right. When we come back, then he gets into his interactions in a pretty racially diverse community with black voters. This is if you didn't if you weren't already intrigued, you're going to definitely want to hear this. All right. We'll do that more here in a moment. Another day, another fantastic note about Eden Pure. This is from Michelle, who says, I think from now on, I'm just going to have you make all my purchases for my purchase recommendations. All I can say with Eden Pure is, wow, I used the promo code for Steve. I got four units for 265 bucks. I was shocked, skeptical. 
underwhelmed when they arrive because each one is smaller than my makeup bag. It just doesn't look like something that would live up to the hype. Boy, was I wrong. In less than 10 minutes, my entire bedroom smelled like fresh, clean air again, despite cats, dogs, the sweaty men in my home. <laughs> All right. So if you want to try Eden Pure air purifiers right now, take Michelle's word for it. They work. All right. Uh, you can get the three pack for under 200 bucks, the three pack for under 200 bucks. When you use the discount code Steve three, you get it for the three pack St- uh, discount code Steve three. When you go to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com, they're filterless. You won't have to replace filters ever. Plug them in and find out for yourself why we've gotten so many positive reviews of these. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code Steve three to get all three for under 200 bucks. Shipping is free as well. Shipping is free as well. All right, let's finish up. We're not going to obviously get to my Pop Culture Tuesday conversation about Wakanda forever. That's okay. As Casey Kasem once said in a very famous outtake, effing tedious, man. Effing tedious. It put me, I mean, I dozed off. So there's your review. I want to continue on with this note. Uh, again, we're talking here. It's an extended fake news or not. Fred Von Cannon wrote, uh, ran for the legislature there in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. And uh, I did a campaign event for him and and a few other campaign events over the weekend in May in North Carolina. And this ended up being essentially the seat that was the deciding factor whether Republicans were able to get super majorities across the board or not. And they weren't quite able to get there. And so Fred is sharing with us the lessons he learned. And now he wants to talk. And he sent a lot of details about interactions with black voters. All right. Black voters think about their voting more as a cultural thing. If I asked a black man or woman if they wanted a Republican voter guide, they would say, I'm a Democrat. When Biden said, if you're having trouble deciding who to vote for between me and Trump, you ain't black. There was unfortunately so much truth to this. A lot of the black voters I encountered um, think about being a Democrat as someone would think about being Jewish, for instance. They act like they don't have a choice. It's an identity. They act like in many cases, they don't even want one. It's settled. I'm black. I'm a Democrat. What I've learned from talking to them, particularly married black voters, is they're pretty conservative. They're pro-life. They don't want men playing women's sports. They don't want to defund the police. They're very entrepreneurial. If I explain, which I must have done a hundred times to black voters, the difference between a cut in tax rates versus taxes, they understood it and got it. And they understand that uh, lower tax rates means more business and more employment. North Carolina is now the number one state for business in America because of the 12 years that Republicans have been in the majority in our legislature. We've cut individual and corporate tax rates by more than half. They're for family values. The problem is, though, that that all gets trumped by the fact I'm a Democrat. I can't vote for a Republican. I'm a Democrat. And they would say this to me almost like a duh, like we would have these, he says, we'd have these conversations, we'd get involved in the issues and we're tracking and mind melding the whole way. And they're like, you want to vote for Fred Von Cannon, you know, in November? I can't, I'm a Democrat. Duh, I'm black. Would you expect the answer was going to be? I found a married black couple and I had five to 10 minutes to talk to them one day and I could get them to vote for me by going through the things above. I didn't try to talk them out of their Democrat identity. I would just say, you can't vote all blue, so please consider me. I know I got hundreds of votes of, of, of blacks that were there for the taking, uh, assuming 
Uh, and I think there's more, assuming, though, that there was someone that was going to do that kind of work to talk to them. That's pretty laborious, right? I mean, the idea that you can just, each individual voter, take 10 minutes, you know, in a massive state to try to sell them, that's, that's, that's why principled candidates do well in the Republican and Democratic parties in the Iowa caucuses, because it's a smaller voting, uh, voting electorate, and you do have that kind of time. But in a general election, you don't have that kind of time. I don't know how we scale this, how we make them realize they're actually a lot more conservative and that they don't have to vote Democrat. I think this is a huge opportunity for Republicans. But I, he goes on to say, I, I don't really know how we capitalize on that. And that, that, that seems like a conversation that's been had for decades, right? And I've said this before. You know, when I was involved in the marriage amendment fights, we won in California on the day that Barack Obama got 60% of the popular vote because a lot of black and brown people voted for marriage and then voted for Barack Obama. Okay. And so in his state, they may end up nominating next year, Mark Robinson, the popular lieutenant governor, as the gubernatorial nominee. If you think that's going to just automatically add 10 to 15 points of black votes... I wish that were true, but we don't have any evidence that it actually works that way. Okay. So thoughts on this. I guarantee you, well, this is, this is not fake news. I, I guarantee you that your average, you compare your average black voter to your average uh, Republican voter. And there's obviously some overlap there. But which one, quote-unquote, sees color more? I guarantee you it's the average black voter. The, the, the average Republican voter that doesn't give a rip one way or the other. They've got their, and trust me, the average, the average Republican voter has lots of problems. But, like, I, they just don't care about color. And it, I, I think this is, and... This is on a level where you are, we're post, we're, we're, we're post argument. What do you, if, you, if you're tracking for an entire conversation with somebody that says, yeah, but at the end, I, I, I hear in your voice, like this, this one is like just proffered differently mm -hmm. than the other ones. There is. There is, and this maybe this speaks to the fact what you said, Steve, in a long time trying to bring um, uh, churches, mm -hmm. cross-pollinating them, mm -hmm. because should there be black churches mm -hmm. and white churches? They aren't in, they are inherently bad, but they might be planting unknowingly planting some landmines on the way. If this is the cultural blinders mm -hmm. that they place on us, I don't know. My mind, it's absolutely not fake news. And I'll tell you why I'm absolutely confident about that, because I've seen the same phenomenon with <clears throat> Republican voters. The average Republican voter. Look, look at look at our uh, newly reelected senator here, Chuck Grassley. That's the same phenomenon just played out in a different way. That's all it is. Now, everything you said is, is true, Todd. Yeah, those are the other problems <clears throat> I'm talking about. Yeah, You're everything, absolutely right. Everything yeah. you said there is true, but... You know, before I was sitting there thinking kind of uh, the same thing when we read, uh, the, you know, uh, read about the Israelites in the Old Testament. How in the heck 
boy, these people were backwards. Why, you know, we're 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 glad we're not uh, g- glad we're not like them. Except we're literally like them. I was having the same type of thought. I'm like, how the heck do you become so entranced by this party that it becomes like part of your identity? And it's just a different way. Yeah. But that happens all the time. So I, I'm definitely saying that's not fake news. And that's unfortunate because it's the toughest objection to overcome. That's idolatrous. Yeah, it's the it's the toughest objection to overcome is I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. But I'm going to vote opposite of what I just said we agreed upon because of a communal attachment. I mean, that that. I, I don't I don't know how you it, it, well you know I what? do know how you break away you you can't break people free of that what really has to happen is they have to be so crushed and destroyed by that communal attachment they have to suffer more unfortunately yeah. before they come to the grips of all right I just the 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 suffering I am getting from this attachment exceeds the suffering I will receive from detaching myself from it right mm-hmm. that's that's essentially what we're talking about here there's a story that you've told multiple times about your late friend, Jonathan Narciss, a local um, activist here in Des Moines, who was a de- Democrat, correct? Yep, black Democrat, yep. And uh, uh, talking about, I think you asked him a question, why do you continue to vote for the party that uh, of, of, of baby killing? And he asked you, why do you keep voting for the party that says they're going to you know, defend babies that don't actually do that? I think that demonstrates kind of the not saying that you were idolatrous then, but that kind of demonstrates the the crux of both sides idolatry to to the different political parties. I I think there's resentment ultimately that they they don't want to have to even explain to anybody that they had to seek for look to answers for somebody with a white face. Just like there's, and this has to, and this has to do with a tone. It, that's less about race per se uh, than it, it, Aaron's point about Grassley. The tone conversations. I'm confident, Steve, that even though in the school district there, where uh, my my wife ended up running, and she ran instead of me because I was trying to not give people this excuse, like we just don't like Todd. But it's still, I know people voted against us, basically because they just resent the fact that I know how to get things done, and I will say the things that they are too cowardly to say. It just bothers them. So they'll vote for the way that they just think is status quo. I think it's the same thing here. I just think they're going to have to explain to people that they voted for a white face, and that's going to lead to some uncomfortable names and conversations. So we're back, Steve, to where you were talking. we got to get over that. And if we can't, it's a sure loser. Did you want to say something there, Aaron? Go ahead. No, no. Along those lines, we were wondering in our state, and I'm doing the math right now, we were wondering in our state how many people, remember we said we wanted to look at, how many people voted for Kim Reynolds that didn't vote for Charles Grassley? Oh, yeah. Right? That's right. So I'm I'm doing the math right now. Last I checked, it was something like two or 300,000 uh, fewer voted for Grassley. That could be, that could have changed, though. So Grassley has ended up with 681,000. 224 votes. Kim Reynolds ended up with 708,897. That's about 28,000 fewer votes. Um, in the end, despite how much more popular Kim Reynolds is right now, Grassley only got 4% less votes. 
than Kim Reynolds did when you do the percentage math on that. It wasn't, I would have, I would have guessed the number was a lot higher. The number was a lot higher. And for much of the night, it looked that way. And then by the end of the night, it wasn't. If John Fetterman were a Republican, with all the assumed positions that goes along with that, and he was the, sta- the same Ver- walking bears incident that he is right now, would you vote for him over who the Democrat nominee for Senate was if they were running openly on a lot of people child would. mutilations and abortions? I would. I would. I'll openly admit that. I would. And five or 10 years ago, my answer to that would have been no. Which changed is, is, and maybe my read of the room is wrong. I don't know. I don't think it is. That's why I think this. But my read of the room is we are in cold civil war mode now. And I, 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 in the, in the middle of a war, I don't stop and ask the guy, the soldier that I, that, that is enlisting to fight on my behalf. I don't stop and ask him, have you ever had any untoward thoughts about a woman who's not your wife? What about last night? Give me your browser history. That would be absurd, right? Bullets are flying. There's existential importance going on. That's how I, that's my read of the current cultural situation. Is that wrong? I'm asking. Uh, Well, you're going, every time you give in to that, you're going to get more Fetterman's and less Ron DeSantis's. I think. I mean, the Mitch McConnell counts on that. We, let's face it. We we get John Fetterman's all the time. Mm-hmm. We did. It, Oz was John Fetterman. It was. <laughs> I like. Let's that. not kid ourselves. So you would not. You would not vote for John Fetterman. The other guy says, "I am going to mutilate as many kids as I possibly can out in the open." Fetterman says, or, 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 says that instead, okay? So but I, you think, think you can control to, him. So you're okay? thinking, but like, he, he, basically, Fet, it's Grassley. What Grassley believes, thinks, and stuff, but yeah. he has the affliction of the incompatibility. No, what, no, he's running on, Fetterman ran on their issues. Yeah. Right? Okay. He runs on our issues. Grassley didn't run on our issues. I didn't vote for Grassley. Okay. Uh, he runs on our Fed. We have we have a Fetterman Vera's incident stroke vi- stroke out victim, cognitive decline, legally incompetent clearly, but running on our issues, and we're not talking like tax cuts, okay, yeah, and more jobs. Okay. I didn't we're talking you were being, we're he's... talking about chest binding our daughters and castrating our kids, and those so are the you're ads. You're saying they're Desantis? Running. I didn't realize you were. You're saying basically if Desantis. If they were running on a DeSantis platform, but it was John Fetterman, would you vote for them? I would. I would not vote for John Fetterman on a McConnell RN, you know, NRSC platform. I wouldn't do that. But because that that's actually, in my view, that's that's not a that's not a flawed soldier. That's a Trojan horse. If there's no, I'm going to bring them into my ranks to shoot me in the back. that, that, That I wouldn't do. Okay. 
If there's no other recourse, I could strongly consider that, yeah. So, the option is Chud, <laughs> but he can do the job, and he agrees with you on your issues. Or his wife will do it for him. Or yes. his wife. He's effective. Yep. You're, you're voting for Chud. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I think I think I think Chud will be in will be between their bullet and me. I think a McConnellite will shoot me from behind. No matter how sentient and eloquent they are, I think they'll just shoot me from behind. You don't have any evidence no. for that, though. I don't. I hope, huh? It's pure conjecture. Yeah. <laughs> if cameras roll in, that might be beneficial, though. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have to shoot me from behind. Listen, there's times in history where you have to be the one who says, I'm going to be martyred. These are not easy times, Uh, but we have an easy thing we can do right now to help support uh, mothers in crisis and their children. They have saved... I, I mean, the number's incredible. Almost 200,000 lives at Preborn, an incredible ministry. They do great aftercare for mothers in crisis as well. Free maternity care, baby clothes, car seats, counseling, and more. But they need donations from people like us. Please make one today. Dial pound 250 on your mobile phone, pound 250, or go to preborn.com slash Steve. That's preborn.com slash Steve, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.